Welcome back to the Intermission Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Schmitanka, and the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar is heating up as we're about to embark into the quarterfinals. To help me wrap up the round of 16 and preview those incredible quarterfinal matches, I have the household names of Julian Quintero, Mauricio Ponce, Mihir Corey, and we also have one more guest joining us for the first time, Vincent Tran. How is everyone? Look, I'm going to keep it a bean with you, Patrick. Um, these round of 16 matches, very interesting matches all around. Uh, I got my own thoughts about who the teams are, but on paper, we're going to have an absolutely fantastic quarterfinal. So for anyone at home who thinks the World Cup has just been good so far and it's going to fall off now, you better not turn off your damn TV. Absolutely. Mauricio, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, there's nothing I love more than to hop on a pod and talk absolute nonsense with the boys. So Absolutely. Perfect. And me here. Yo, I'm having fun, man. You know, mm-hmm. football is like full bloom right now. We have the Prem and now we have the World Cup going on. Oh, it's amazing. And uh, I'm just happy to talk about it, you know? So yeah. let's get into it. Yeah, glad to have you guys on. And Vincent, welcome for the first time. How are you feeling with this World Cup? I'm good. Thank you for having me. This, uh, man, this World Cup's got me excited. I can't wait for the, the weekend games to kick off. Mm-hmm. Everyone's feeling withdrawal. We got two days of no football. So let's just get right into it. We got a ton to cover. Um, even though we only got four games, this World Cup has not had a dull moment from its opening game other than a couple zero zeros. But let's just get right into it. Croatia, Brazil. All right. We got two teams, a, a favorite and a team that had barely scraped through their first round of 16 game and the groups in general. What do you guys think? And let's just start with Croatia. We got a lot of points here. We got a strong midfield. Everyone knows that Modric, Brozovic, uh, Kovacic, lots of lots of talent here. Someone start us off. What do we think of Croatia going into this game against Brazil after beating uh, Japan on penalties? Barely. Look, Croatia give like they have a lot of itches. You know, Modric, Brozovic, Kramaric, Livakovic. A lot of itches throughout the field. But the one itch they need to scratch is how to score the damn ball. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) That's entirely what they have to do. They have one of the best midfields. I think it's absolutely fantastic what they can do in that midfield. I mean, Modric. One of the greatest midfielders of our generation. Brozovic doesn't get the love he needs, but he's the guy that always performs at international level. He's always been that dirty work midfielder that you need to have in a midfield trio that you have. And Kovacic, Kovacic gets a lot of hatred, especially for what he's done at club level. But he, regardless at Real Madrid or at Chelsea, he's always been a fantastic midfielder. You look at the you look at the defense, Major is absolutely fantastic. Vardio. Dude has looked amazing, arguably the best defender at this tournament so far. He has been lights out. Mm-hmm. And in goal, uh, Livakovic has been a really solid goalkeeper. But up top, I can't name you a single person. I, I might even say Mario Mandzukic. It's reached that point of how bad it is. I don't even think he's playing football anymore. Mm-hmm. But Croatia have not been clinical in front of the net. Yeah. I think everyone here can agree with that. You look at how they did in the group. Sure, they battered Canada 4-1. But you look at their game against Belgium, they didn't look like they were attacking. You look against Morocco, they were on the back foot for the majority of that game. You look at this match against Japan, the way that I saw the match coming in, I was like, Japan's just going to counterattack, Croatia's going to control the tempo and just be pushing them. Croatia wasn't even doing that. Mm-hmm. I think it caught the Japanese off guard in that sense. And sure, they clutched up when it came to penalty kicks. Cool, that's great. But if you look at the penalties, it wasn't because you were making yours. It's because the Japanese were failing all of theirs. They had an absolute horrid showing in that penalty shootout. So Croatia is going to be coming into this game against Brazil. I don't have much faith in this team, but at the same time, they're a team that they control the midfield. If they're able to play their style 
control the midfield. You know, as I call it, mm-hmm. Latin America, break a couple kneecaps. You feel me? Oh, like, nice. They're gonna no. They're going. They're gonna sit. They're gonna silence this Brazil team and make them have to stoop down to a level that they haven't played since the qualifying stage. Because Brazil, this entire tournament, they've been having fun. They're doing their little dances like they did against South Korea. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been dancing. They've been playing Joga Bonito. They've been playing fantastic throughout it. And obviously, you have Neymar, Vinicius Jr. You have all these major names that are allowing you to play that style that brings Brazil back to what it once was. But. Yeah. If Croatia can sit Brazil down and say, I need Fred, I need Casemiro, I need Fabinho, I need all these dudes to come out here and break knees to diminish the Brazilians to what the South American standard of play is, make it a rough game, gritty game in the midfield, they can definitely stand a chance in this game, especially with an attack of like theirs that is that's completely lackluster. They yeah. need to make Brazil play their game. And with the midfield that they have, I can definitely see it happening. I mean, like, that's the thing. Croatia, I mean, sorry, yeah. Croatia, they have a strong midfield, and that is what they've been banking off of for the whole tournament so far. Brazil haven't really played a team yet. What, South Korea, Serbia, Cameroon, and and, uh, Switzerland. These aren't teams with a strong dominating midfield yet. We haven't seen that. So if there's anything, I think that Croatia, you know, if they, if obviously they have some issues in attack, but if we're having like Brozovic who has, and like these other engines in their team, Brozovic breaking his own record in that last game, uh, running 16.7 kilometers, the 30 year old, like these are guys with age that can actually control that midfield. And we are yet to see that against Brazil. However, this is Brazil, right? This is a team that can rotate their entire attack. And that, that second string of attackers can fit into most teams in this tournament. So I don't know. Like they, they got a lot of depth, but can Croatia see it till the end? I mean, if you if you aren't convincingly beating Japan and nothing against Japan, they have been outstanding beating beating Germany, beating Spain. This is a team that was quick on the counter, and they struggle and Croatia struggled against a team that played a quick movement ball, right? So Brazil playing similarly like that, I, I don't know. Like I I think that it's really gonna be a clash of midfields and it's gonna be a clash of attack versus control. Does anyone else have any thoughts when we go when we talk about Brazil and do they even have any weaknesses? Like if we if we're really talking, like it's they, they seem empowering all over the pitch. Uh, I think Brazil is, is a good team. Obviously, uh, they are favorites for the World Cup, but um, <clears throat> you see them right they, uh, again. Like I feel like they haven't gotten a super tough challenge yet, in my opinion. You know, they've played they've played teams like. Uh, uh, I can't remember the group. I'm sorry, but uh, they haven't played the best teams, and um, mm-hmm. so I feel like their game, like we've seen them, like perform well. Obviously, they're a good team, and they've done what they're supposed to do. Uh, but I just feel like they uh, they haven't been Brazil, Brazil yet. You know, against like fine, like, you know, South Korea. Yeah, you can beat them, whatever. But I feel like there's still so much that we still have to see from this team with likes like. Neymar is back from his injury. He's giving his best now. Mm-hmm. Martinelli is always performing. Uh, 39-year-old Thiago Silva should, I feel like, just get a start. He's going to do so well. He's been he's been solid all tournament, yeah. Yeah, like, he he, he can definitely, you know, handle it. The weakness, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, is just the right-back position. I don't see Danilo being the guy to be the starting right-back. But then again, I don't know if they have anyone else at the back, you know? Mm-hmm. Got with 39-year-old Daniel was in a World Cup uh quarterfinal against uh a Croatia, which can always 
just penetrate you like that you know yeah so it's only yeah. stuff to kind of it's going to be hard for tito to manage that and i think uh, if if he manages to somehow lock down croatia's midfield and uh, i would say uh, the the striker then there's a good chance brazil can go through yeah. without uh, any like effort and here who do you think is going to be starting in that attack then uh, for brazil mm-hmm. um Personally, obviously, a little bit of Arsenal bias. I would want Martin Ari to get a goal. Mm-hmm. But he's also been cooking, you know? So yeah, he's is... played well. He's played well. I would play uh, Richarlison, um, Neymar, and uh, Vinny up top, for sure. And Vinny. That's a yeah. strong midfield. I mean, st- sorry, strong attack. Strong attack, yeah. Right, it right. It be a pretty strong midfield as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've seen Neymar could in be. that last game drop down to an attacking, posi- uh, attacking midfield position, so... Honestly, like that, if that team they can start. alternate play Neymar as Cam and Martin on the left with Vinny on the right, that would be mm-hmm. a good, uh, good shout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So, are there any other there any other points? Like, what do we think is gonna happen in this game? Then, like Julian, go ahead. So, oh. I'm gonna talk about what I. Oh, I know. Mal raised his hand. Mal, go ahead. Mal, go ahead. I just wanted to, from like the the way the game's gonna play out. Uh, Julian touched on it. Is you as well, Pat? Uh, Croatia's midfield is is really really strong, but I feel like we also are definitely underestimating Croatia's will to win. Mm-hmm. It may not look like it. It may, but just look at the results. I mean, they topped the World Cup qualifying uh, for to to get here. The last World Cup, they went to the final. They have players that have been in these situations where they know what it takes to get these knockout wins Mm -hmm. and especially against a team like Brazil that is so vastly different to them that might almost play in their hand because it's going to, like you said, make Brazil stoop down to that uh, level of, all right, we're not going to be able to have that much time on the ball. Um, It's going to be a real physical game, a lot of tough tackles. So, you know, that could, very well help Croatia. So I feel like Brazil are obviously the overwhelming favorites. Their attack, their midfield, their defense, even their goalkeeper. I want to mention Allison Becker, best goalkeeper mm-hmm. in the world. There's no Liverpool bias there. He's, I, I, without a shadow of a doubt, the best goalkeeper on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a real grindhouse. I'm really looking forward to it. I wouldn't be surprised if this game goes to extra time. That's yeah. another thing that I wanted to say. A lot of Croatia's not, uh, knockout ties especially in cups will go to uh, extra time and penalties and they have a great result in penalties. So if it went to penalties, I would not be right. surprised at all if Croatia walk away out of there uh, to go on to the semis. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to think that Brazil could get upset at this early, like in the, I mean, early, I say quarterfinals, but t- to be honest, we're, we're looking at two teams that have a lot of experience. You know, and 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 if you're if you're really comparing, obviously Brazil look like the team with the younger players. They got the younger generation coming through, the likes of Rodrigo, um, Vinny, Richarlison. These I mean, these guys aren't exactly like super young, but they are still like like significantly younger than what Croatia has. So, but at the same time, you guys you got you have guys like you know Thiago Silva, uh, Danilo, Casemiro. These guys are winning players. So it's 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 interesting. It's going to be interesting to see which which like how that clash of experience is going to work because obviously Croatia they do have some young guys. They do have Meyer who's who has been turning it up whenever he's been subbed on. Right, he is he should be shouted out as well. He's been one of the bright sparks of that Croatia team. 
Um, and then we also have guys like uh, Orsic, who has come on, and, and he's been playing very good, especially in the Champions League these past couple seasons. Um, but maybe it'll come down to like uh, it'll it'll come down to to the extra time, and and we're we're gonna see what's gonna happen. It it all depends on what I've been saying throughout this whole tournament: being clinical and taking your chances. You don't want to like miss those easy opportunities early on, and then get you know bitten like bitten the ass like later like at the end of the game when you actually needed those goals at the beginning, right? Um, so like, it's going to be, it's going to be one of the, one of the better games. I feel like oh, actually, I can't even say that because all these games look outstanding. All these teams deserve mm-hmm. to be here rightfully. Um, but like, what do we think of any like predictions? If, if we're just going to end this off uh, and this, and this preview for this match off, Vincent, you want to start us off with a prediction? Like what, what, what do you think that we're going to see out of this game? Um, I'm not too sure. You know, I think the game will be won um, by Brazil's attack because that attacks is ridiculous. I think Vini's been having an outstanding tournament. He's been playing really well. Um, maybe a question is Neymar's fitness, but I think last game he even showed like he was still really good and he's okay to go. Right. I honestly think um, Brazil might dominate this game. I love Modric. I love that midfield. I think Croatia has got a great team, but I just feel like Brazil's one of the favorites here. And um, I really don't see Croatia upsetting them. So I don't know. I think I'll say Brazil 2-0 win. Brazil 2-0 win. Who are the goal scorers? Uh, let's go with Neymar and Richarlison. Richarlison. He's been on fire this tournament. He deserves all the credit, even though he's a Tottenham player. He deserves all that credit, of course. Okay, Maurizio, what, what are you saying? What, like, what do you think the prediction is going to be for this? I know I just bigged up Croatia and their ability to, you know, take it to the distance with anybody. But if Brazil start cooking and get a few early goals, it'll be real hard for Croatia to get back in the game. Mm-hmm. And with that dynamic attack, it's real hard to see how they will, won't get a, a, a quick goal. So I might just go 3-1 Brazil. 3-1 Brazil. And who's scoring for Croatia? Probably going to be Kramaric, even though he hasn't even looked the best this tournament. Yeah, he but you know what he he has had some good finishes. I wouldn't be surprised. So he's got quality. Yeah, yeah, he knows he knows how to score, and he's been underrated for Hoffenheim these last couple seasons. Julian, what are you going with? Are you going with the usual upset that you usually like to no, take? No, no. <laughs> um, look, look, all love to Croatia. I think they're gonna be playing a style that's definitely going to frustrate Brazil. It's gonna make it an interesting match. So I'm gonna say this: I do have it going to extra time, but I do have Brazil pulling out a one 0 win. Uh, I'm saying 1-0 more so because, you know, as much as we talk so much about Brazil's attack, their defense is really good. And with this Croatia team just not looking great on attack, I feel like it's going to be a game that we saw in the Spain-Morocco match where Spain just is up top, pushing, pushing, pushing. They can't break Morocco. They can't break Morocco. The only difference that I have is that Brazil is going to get a breakthrough in extra time. And knowing, knowing how the World Cup is, it's going to be a header from a corner kick from who else but Tiago Silva? Like Thiago it's just, Silva. I it's it's just the type. Of, <laughs> if you if you no if you look at the if you look at these matches in the quarterfinals, <laughs> shout out again biased because I'm Colombian. But if you look at the Colombia match in 2014, two goals were scored that game. Both were scored by center backs. The first mm-hmm. one was a header off a corner by Tiago Silva. I don't know what it is about headers and Tiago Silva and World Cups. But the second yeah. you get through the knockout stages, that is definitely a threat in every single match that's being played. So keep an eye out for that. I can definitely see that being the winning goal in this one. Yeah, Silva definitely Dude, yeah. ages like a fine wine. He has been he's been pretty reliable for 
for Brazil, considering his age and all the all the talk about experience and everything like that. Mihir, what are we thinking? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking 2-1 Brazil, but it'll go to extra time. Brazil, extra time. Uh-huh. I was I was going to highlight what uh, Julian said about Thiago Silva scoring. I feel like he might get the, the late winner. Yeah. Like, you know? um, I can see him doing that, and I can also see um, maybe, honestly, Vinny or Richarlison banging one in, unless it's not a penalty, you know? Oh, <laughs> so, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I see. Uh, I see. It, it could be either of them making it too, as well as um for from the Croatian side, um, I would probably give it to Kramaric or even mm-hmm. Perisic for that matter. I feel like uh, yeah, you know, Perisic if, if, getting a goal gets, in the last game. You know, header like was underrated. That was a nice header. Yeah, he's he's one of those players who can make the difference. So it could go that extra mile till the extra time. We could right. see an, we could also see an upset, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that that can easily happen so many times. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm gonna go four two for Brazil. I think that there's just gonna wow. be a ton of goals. I feel like so far in this tournament, teams are hesitant to go forward and kind of leave their defense behind and, and have those have those gaps. So I feel like I feel like we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot of goals. We're gonna see Croatia really trying um, to fire forward and trying to you know get get brazil stunned early on but i feel like that's just gonna like bite them um even though players like gavardito are fantastic and have been so good i'm gonna go with a big a, a big game here i'm gonna think i think it's gonna be six goals i think i think it's gonna be four two for brazil um so i guess yeah all across the board we're saying brazil i mean it's hard to think <laughs> that, that they will get out considering the quality and the depth that they have but like mahir said anything can happen let's move on to the next one Netherlands. Oh boy! Yeah, I know we got some opinions in here, and this is going to be a fiery match. I everyone has put their money on Argentina. Everyone thinks that Messi is going to be lifting the World Cup over Ronaldo. Uh, I'm pretty sure the bookies have 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 put Argentina as like the number one place bet to 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 win the whole thing. However, they got an obstacle ahead of them. They got Netherlands. They got a defensive team that runs five in the back with some of the world's best talents. Let's just kick this off. What do we think? I'm going to go with Maurizio because I know he's got a lot to say about the Netherlands. Oh, should we? Okay, we'll get somebody else <laughs> to start it. Um, so what are we thinking? Like, I, I we got a ton of stuff to talk about. We know that they've used five in the back every single every single game so far this tournament. They utilize their wing backs more than any other team. They got Dumfries. They got Blind, who are contributing. Gakpo on fire this tournament. That kid is something special. Julian, start us off. I want to say one thing because. I believe it was me. I think it was me here who said this in the Brazil Croatia segment. I want to bring this up for every team in this tournament except for Morocco. Everyone goes up, yeah, you know, Brazil's a good team, but they haven't played anybody. No one's played anybody if you really want to look at it that way. Because coming into this tournament, Serbia was a sleeper team, you know? But you look at how Brazil did in the tur- in the in the group stages. They won their first two matches. They lost to Cameroon. Not a single team swept the group stages at this tournament. No one has played anyone, but no one has actually swept. No one has looked dominant like that, mm-hmm. right? So I think the opinion of, well, they haven't played anybody, I think it's complete 
horse crap because apart from Morocco, who beat down the second best team in the world in Belgium, gave the squeeze to Croatia, who people love so much, d dominated against Canada, and then completely bossed uh, Spain in a mental game. Apart from them being the underdog team, all the teams remaining in the tournament are teams that we have seen make cup runs, have big names, the bookies love. Look at it that way. Mm -hmm. This is the round where we're going to see teams actually play and have the matches that matter. This is the round where these games are serious. Sure, I was predicting upsets because we all love those Cinderella stories. But in the end, no one that actually is a big nation or anything has actually come through and done that. So apart from that mini rant, let's actually get into this Netherlands-Argentina game. Netherlands <laughs> have looked great this tournament. Argentina, they have been kind of like the exponential curve. They started off very poorly, big loss against Saudi Arabia, and they've, they've just been playing better ever since. So both of these teams are teams with something to prove. Other than the Netherlands, they missed the last two major tournaments internationally they could attend. That is massive. They definitely want to come break through in that. So I'm just going to say this. The Netherlands are a team that are hungrier than Argentina as a team. Now, I know Mahir's going to have a lot of thoughts <laughs> about that statement, but I'm going to put it this way. People have been slandering this Argentina team essentially apart from Lionel Messi. And I'm going to highlight the number one issue that has been the issue of Argentina since the 2010 World Cup. And it's the fact that the second you enter dire straits, Argentina no longer plays like a team. They play messy ball. Messi save me. Messi carry me. And they've done a lot better recently to get that fixed. You look at the midfield, they play a fantastic pressing style. Defensively, guys like Romero have definitely stepped up. They haven't had a center back player that is this good since a young Divi Chelis, which was in the early 2000s, before Messi even broke through, right? Argentina is a team made entirely through their attack. But even with guys like Dybala, Julian Alvarez, Lautaro Martinez, which has gotten so much crap this tournament. He's still a fantastic striker. Papu Gomez, Di Maria. They have a fantastic strike force and attack. Yeah. But regardless of the talent they have, the second they go 1-0 down, it's Messi save me. Messi creates something out of nothing. And quite frankly, a team like the Netherlands that has such a great defense that they're not even starting to lick. They have a Nathan Ake who's been great this tournament. Jurian Timber who's been fantastic. Uh, Van Dyke who has come through and said that he's a fan. Like, he's proven Go. all the critics wrong in this tournament. He's Go. been fantastic. Mm -hmm. You look at the defense on the wings. Daily mm -hmm. Blind, I have, I have to take my hat off to Daily Blind. I yeah. really do. Because right. for an Facts. old man Facts. getting put on the wing in a tournament where there's pacey guys and he was going to get burned, this guy's just controlled the tempo on that left-hand side. While on the mm -hmm. other side, you have Denzel Dumfries running up and down like a, like a monster possessed. Kid yeah. has been fantastic on that left wing. Look in the midfield, the young's been solid. All the guys there, they're doing what they can do. Their engines, they're working their thing. And then Cody <laughs> up top. He's been fantastic as well this tournament. The Netherlands have a really good team. Argentina can definitely bring it to them. I'm not going to say that they can't because Argentina are just as talented. I think they arguably have a better attack than Brazil. Like, it's been that good for them. Mm. But when Argentina hits dire straits and start trailing, as we saw in the Saudi Arabia game, it becomes yeah. messy ball. And the second it becomes messy ball, the entire core of what Argentina is trying to build collapses. And the question is, can the Netherlands contain Messi to an extent where he can't just bring the game back for the rest of the team to actually reorganize.
Right. I mean, you make a lot of good points there. Argentina do have a incredible attack. A lot of people are overlooking because they got guys like Papu Gomez who didn't start any of the games until the last match they just had. And uh, and likes of like Dybala, who I thought would be making a bigger impact in this game, has been benched by the likes of Lautaro Martinez and Alvarez and even Di Maria, who's been trying to be who's been playing up top in, in some of these games. What do we think? Like, I'm not really convinced. Like, OK, when we're, when we're talking about Netherlands, we're talking about a team that runs like mainly only two midfielders. Right. And they utilize their wing backs as midfielders, attackers, defenders. Those guys are running up and down the field. Shout out to them both, as Julian was highlighting. What do we think? Do we think that Argentina's midfield can overpower the Netherlands, especially like in the middle, like in that halfway line in those battles? Like, I, I, I'm not, I don't know. I like the likes of De Jong, who is absolutely phenomenal. And like, he would have to be playing against guys like Enzo Fernandez, who has been out, like, an outstanding talent. Benfica and their talents this tournament have been just art. They've, they've been beautiful to watch. Um, but on the Argentina side, what are we looking at me here? Like, what what are we thinking is going to be the main points that are that Netherlands will have to look at, like, to have to look for? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Obviously, I, I agree with Julian what he said. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't really buy it or anything. I'm gonna be a bit realistic, obviously. Um, but I 100 agree that the, the Netherlands are the team to beat. You know, mm-hmm. the whole no, no. <laughs> the whole time they've been. Um, you know, somewhat uh, undershadowed, but this time, like they're putting up the uh, the games, they're showing why they are uh, one of the teams that could go on to win the World Cup. You know, mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned, the names of likes of uh, De Jong, Cody Gakpo, uh, Van Dijk, all these amazing players we've seen just you know be uh, put to their strengths, and on top of that, Louis Van Gaal doing a tactical masterclass uh, each game. You saw against USA how he literally broke them down one by one and just like outperformed them in every way possible you know yeah at the end when it comes to that uh, stage um we've you know argentina have the talent but it's all up to scaloni to utilize it against the dutch you know yeah. because when it comes when it comes to that stage messi can't save them he can't do everything he's been doing that for the last three games and uh, not to take anything away from the other players 100% i've seen uh, Julian Alvarez is being an absolute fantastic player. Like, has had some um, good strikes. You know, yeah, so good at, at the age of twenty one or twenty two, being Argentina's uh, top striker. You know, benching uh, the likes of Lotaro, and he's mm-hmm. putting in the effort. We can see he's backtracking, going up, going down, pressing. Um, yeah, his pressing plays pressing, is phenomenal. Pressing plays, creating plays, just trying. You know, to be uh, that striker that he is, and I feel like in the future he's going to be amazing. And yeah. uh, right now. I feel like he's what Argentina need more than Lautaro. We saw yeah. against uh, Poland, like Lautaro wasn't that guy. He had 20 minutes and, you know, mm-hmm. just disappointing. Yeah. When it comes to the midfield, um, it's going to be hard. We have De Paul, who is a really good midfielder, but has not shown what he can do this, mm-hmm. uh, this World Cup. Enzo has been great as well. And also, uh, missing... Uh, Los Elso has been a little bit of a setback for the Argentina squad. Right. He and the Copa was fantastic. I uh, literally carried that midfield as well. But right now they they are struggling in the department in some in some uh, ways. Yeah. If we see Messi going back and forth. If we're talking about the Netherlands and we're talking about other teams that um Argentina have played uh sorry, other teams that they have played, 
one of the big points I feel in this Dutch squad is the physicality factor. I feel like most mm-hmm. of these guys are built. They got height, something that Argentina, I feel like doesn't have um, other than the nope. likes of Rom- Romero and, and some of these other guys. Like if we're talking about like players like Martin Darun and Klassen, who have been pretty good for the Netherlands along with the young, these are players that can use their physicality to their advantage. And we've seen that, you know, maybe the Netherlands, I mean, sorry, maybe Argentina may not like may struggle in that, in that sense. They are very quick. Their passes are great. Their runs are phenomenal. However, is that physicality aspect going to be a problem for Argentina? Hundred yeah. I mean, percent. We've we saw that against Poland, to be fair, a little bit. Yeah, and, and you know? that that's exactly what I was going to say. Like a team like Poland, who are very fit, like they have a lot more physicality over Argentina. They tried to use that against them, and obviously, if we're talking about quality, Argentina are you know miles better. But I don't know. Like it, it, it it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting clash. Seeing another big physicality defensive attempting to counterattack kind of team because we've seen the Netherlands they love to they love to give the other team possession even the like when the Amer- they were, they were playing the Americans they loved giving them possession and they were waiting and they were waiting and waiting and until they got that moment they ran the wings and they counterattacked and most of their goals came from crosses and then you have the likes of Dumfries who either is scoring them or whipping them in and i, I it's going to be it's going to be interesting a lot of people are putting their money on Argentina but i think we're making some good points here and i think the Netherlands I really haven't they seen could. Uh, like they could. Uh, it's going to be one I'm of the one of the no best either. games of the tournament, no doubt, just based easy, on paper. Um, but for yeah, any more insight, I think we should look to Maurizio to give us some 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 oh, extra sure. tips here. Here we go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for forfeiting my turn earlier, but I I thought Julian was. I saw the ear, the steam coming out of his ears, so I didn't <laughs> know, I needed him to 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 go crazy. But I mean, he's I mean everything he said, I couldn't agree with more. Uh, on the point of they haven't really played nobody. I mean, if you do want to make that point, the only team that applies to really is uh, Argentina. But hey, that's neither here or there. You got to beat what's in front of you. Um, it is going to be a cagey affair. I honestly think the Dutch are going to edge Argentina out on this game just because in every position on the field, the Dutch have a player that you can look at and say, we're, I know I can rely on you and get exactly what you need to bring to this team. Look at the front uh, in their in their makeshift three five two three four one two, however they want to play it. The top two attackers, Memphis and Gakpo, that is absolutely mustard attack right there. It's beautiful. You saw Depay literally put that shit on uh, the United States. He hit an A B celebration, Antonio Brown celebration on the United States. That's yeah. cold. <laughs> Take anything away from that. He's a great player. Gakpo, I, I mean, I hi- highlighted him in our World Cup preview podcast before. He's a, just an absolute stud of a player. Right. He's got three goals. All three goals scored with his head, left foot, and right foot. Complete player. He can do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the midfield, uh, De Jong, and then as Julian and Pat touched on the, the fullbacks, um, Dumfries and Blinn, and the defense, Big Verge. The mm-hmm. absolute colossus center back. He's been lights out. Someone you can depend on for anything, especially when he's got a squad on him. Unlike you know in Liverpool, where he seems to get let down a little bit, but it is what it is. Mm. Um, it, it's just there's too many for me. It's there's just too many outstanding pieces in the team. Whereas you look at Argentina, you could say the same thing about them, but in terms of guaranteed, I'm gonna get a guarantee. I can see the Paul has been shaky. 
Uh, like you said, with Lautaro, he he wasn't able to hit the net against Poland. Um, and they have players on the bench that you can change for that. But, you know, these are players that you need to show up for you. And they're not right now, at least. So I don't know. For me, I'm, I just I'm going to edge it out for the Netherlands just on like the that aspect. Do you have a do you have a prediction for it? Two zero uh, Netherlands, but that's just me. Three zero? Two. Oh, two zero. Two zero. That's and fair. and and your boy Gakpo to get both. Gakpo get. You know what? I was gonna say Gakpo and Van Dyke, but Van Dyke has lost his 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 heading prowess. Honestly, I can't even be biased anymore. He used mm-hmm. to be a monster on set pieces. He is losing a little bit of his accuracy. Um, but I do think Gakpo could definitely pull out a brace. Yeah, he <laughs> has the talent. Yeah. Well, Mao's money is on Gakpo. Vince, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, to be honest, these two teams, um, they haven't really like impressed me too much. So my question is like, is this a case of both teams getting better as the competition goes? So, I mean, we've seen already with the Netherlands, they like took a complete advantage of the U.S.'s uh, defensive mistakes and they just capitalized on it. I think it was a three-one win. So. That was huge for them. Argentina, um, they were dominant. And then once they were struck by that uh, goal from Australia, it looked like they kind of were shook a bit. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, the case with these two teams is like um, just how much will they get better? Like who will step up, especially for Argentina outside of Messi? Um, mm-hmm. With the Netherlands, uh, I really like their play. I think they're really good team i had a uh, high hopes for them coming into this tournament so i'm curious to see how they match up against argentina so i don't know this like just looking like it's gonna be a really really good matchup right this one mm-hmm. yeah you make a really good point these two teams are getting better as the tournament progresses and i guess that's that's the same for some other teams where it's like you got to learn off your mistakes getting getting like getting scored on by australia shouldn't be shaking you you should be it, you should be realizing you should be utilizing that in in a different way being like okay we let one go like this let's go patch that up in in a in a, in a different way let's go make the pro- proper substitutions because that that is also something that hasn't been um really ha- happening like we've we've seen a lot of teams like utilizing subs in not correct ways or not or not beneficial to the way that they're playing at that moment right <clears throat> right um Vince, do you have a scoreline for this? What do, what do, what do you think is going to happen? Okay, so with all that said, I do think um, this might cause some uh, some uh, outrage, but I think uh, Argentina do advance. Mm. I just really want to see a Brazil-Argentina semifinal, so um, Fair. Fair. I'm going to say 2-1 Argentina. And Does, uh, does Messi score? Yeah, why not? Messi, yeah, why? <laughs> Messi will score one. <laughs> Uh, probably Julian Alvarez will score the other, mm-hmm. and for the Netherlands, I'll probably say the man Cody Gakpo. Of course, yeah. this guy's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I, I I don't blame you. He's been on fire. Alvarez, all these players, all these attackers, a lot of guys that people really have been not really putting their eyes on this tournament have been showing up. We'll we'll get to the the, the Portuguese side in in just a minute here. But Mihir, does your goat get past this round? <laughs> Yo, I'm I'm not gonna give a prediction. You're not gonna give I'm a prediction. No. <laughs> Fuck. Really? I well, I won't say it. No, I won't say it. No. Yeah, okay. really, no prediction. Okay, no. It's the same thing like I do with the Auckland games. No prediction. We go one game. Okay, but you know, you, we see how it goes. But do you think Argentina yeah. will win without a score if it, if prediction? If it goes well, it goes well. If not, we know. 
He's he's not saying it because he doesn't want to feel bad when he gets called out next pod. <laughs> well, we'll keep it civil next next time I hear. But okay, without a score, do you think Argentina are going through or still nothing? No prediction. No, no, no prediction. Out. Okay, all right, Julian, end us off. What, what what do we think? Look through my entire first, but you're probably going to be like, oh, he thinks the Netherlands are just going to control this game. No, that's not the case. Like I said, Argentina have a great attack. My issue with Argentina is once they start trailing. Right. And also, mm. as you said, they end up losing composure when they get scored on. So with that being said, I think that this is going to go to Penos. I have this being the third match of this tournament going to penalty kicks. And I have the Netherlands winning after it's, it's a 2-2 draw. Explosive, fun game throughout. Okay. Goes to penalty kicks. And look, shout out Emiliano Martinez. Great goalkeeper. Great with the psyche. Gets in the players' heads. But the Netherlands have... The reincarnation of Tim Cruel in net right now. <laughs> Have you seen Andreas Snoper? The he's, dude is six foot eight, and he's <laughs> been good. Like yeah. most goalkeepers are six feet tall, six foot one or something like that. They dive the right way. Look at Bono, uh, Bono in the match against what's it called? Um, Spain yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Fantastic on the penalties. Not a super tall goalkeeper. And if you've seen these penalties so far this year, no one's really like putting it in any corners or anything of that sort, right? Yeah, they've been bad. Exactly. Nopper is six foot eight. If he's guessing the right way, my money is that he's saving it. Massive mm-hmm. goalkeeper in a penalty situation. We see the, the Dutch, they always have a goalkeeper become the hero at one of these tournaments, it feels like, in a penalty shootout. And I feel like it won't be any bigger than when Nopper saves a penalty kick from Lionel Messi to secure the Netherlands onto the next round. No that would be poetic. Argentina because they're a fantastic team. Argentina's a really good team. If they go through, you know what? Good for them. But I think this team, this is going to be a 2-2 game. Both of these are really good teams. And I, I said it with my Thiago Silva prediction. I'm going to say it here again. I don't know which center back of Argentina is going to score. But an Argentina center back always scores at the most random times in, in these tournaments. Expect a goal from like Cristian Romero or Nicolás Otamendi. Are we six, thinking six, of Martinez? Lissandra Martinez had her from a corner. You know what? People people bash on him because he's so short, but don't count him out. He's a center back, bro. No, the no, guy no. Can he's get class. Up. The he's guy class. can get up. The guy can get up. Mm-hmm. So don't 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 count it out entirely. I think I think there's gonna be a center back goal in this match for Argentina. And I think it's gonna be two two. Uh with the Netherlands pulling through on penalty kicks. All right. I like that prediction. I like it a lot. I'm going to go 3-2 Netherlands, and I think it's going to start off with the Argentines winning 2-0 at half, and I think the Netherlands are going to come back and turn the Jets. And I think what we've been saying before um, with Argentina getting stunned from one goal, I think it's just going to go. I think I think it's just all, all going to fall apart, and I feel like at halftime, a lot of people are going to be confident, a lot of people are going to be cocky, but I feel like the Netherlands can can do a job. I think their height and their physical advantage Oh, especially in that midfield and their counter, their lethal counterattack. I think that is going to put them further ahead than Argentina. However, this is messy. This is this is more than football at some points. Like logic goes out the window because these guys, we know we know what he can do, and and we know that the the whole country is going to be on his shoulders. Uh, so it's going to be a thrilling game. And speaking of thrilling games, let's go to the next one: Morocco, Portugal. Morocco somehow playing a unreal defensive performance, sticking it to Spain and winning in penalties. Bonu, Canadian, Montreal-born Bonu, being the hero for them. But we have Portugal. We saw just what happened yesterday. Portugal, Switzerland. 
sorry, bomber. Love you. But that was, it was, it was, it was a tough game to watch. Um, to be honest, a lot of debate around CR seven is he, he didn't start yesterday. Gonzalo Ramos clearly proved himself for, uh, possibly a starting position next game. There's a ton to talk about. We've seen Morocco have a bit of an issue with a goal scoring threat up top, especially yesterday when there was so many clear cut opportunities to score against Unai Simon and that Spanish defense is, is that going to affect them in this Portugal game? What are, what are we thinking? It's going to be tough. It's going to we but at the same time, we can't be, you know, knocking out any of these teams, Portugal scoring a lot of goals. They got a lot of good talent. They got a lot of experience. They got a lot of young talents. Now, after this uh, Switzerland game, some people are putting them in the same conversation as Brazil and France. Someone start us off. What do we think is going to happen with this game? So do you guys remember in Game of Thrones, the Red Wedding, when they wheel in the one family that unexpectedly gets slaughtered Mm -hmm. and it's a brutal game? That was Portugal-Switzerland. No disrespect to Switzerland, but Portugal just absolutely massacred you. Set back your national team probably for an entire next tournament too. It's crazy. But (laughs) if you've seen Game of Thrones... The Frey family, the family that did the Red Wedding, soon after got upset and murdered when they least expected it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to look at this, we have a Portugal team under Fernando Santos that football fans everywhere sit, play anti-football. That's the way they like putting it. You have a Ronaldo that might not start. You have young talents that might flop because they haven't fully like been at this level ever. You have all these factors playing within this Portugal team. And you look at the other side, and you see a team that has been coming for throats. You see a team that has shockingly controlled almost every game they've been a part of and made the other team play they wanted them to play. You have the last team that's carrying an entire continent on their back that have a bunch of talents that can come through. So let's look at it this way. Morocco against Portugal. Portugal on paper is a team that should dominate this game. They really should. On paper, they should. You have Ronaldo, arguably the greatest player of all time. Gonzalo Ramos has been fantastic. Rafael Leao, arguably the best young talent in the world too. Portugal have an amazing set of talent at their disposal. But at the same time, Morocco has been a team that has been coming for throats this tournament. They play quick, they play movement, or they can sit back and make sure you're frustrated because you can't break their absolute rock-solid defense. They've been able to show that regardless of the play style you throw at them, they will be able to not only control the game, but make you play they want you to play. So with that being said, Morocco against Portugal is going to be a really fun game. I'm going to give a prediction right off the bat here, though. I think we're going to see our first-ever African team in the semis. It's a hot take. It really is. But you guys know Julia needs to throw at least one of these on the pod, right? <laughs> and I feel like this is the one that I'm going to hang my hat on. Why? Portugal, very inconsistent team historically. It was a fantastic pounding. It was the red wedding of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But like the Frey family, it all comes crumbling down when you least expect it. And I think we're finally going to see an African team into the semifinals. Shout out Bonu. Bonu. Is it Bonu, Bonu, Bono, or Bono? Bono. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher this name because he has been Legends. one of the best goalkeepers at this tournament. He has been fantastic. Buffal has looked amazing. He looks like how I thought he would look in FIFA seventeen. <sighs> he, was, he was crazy. He looks amazing. <laughs> Mazauri, fantastic player. Hakimi, as always, performing how we were expecting. Amrabat, 
that was been the most surprising one for me. Him and right. Sice, they have been Absolute fantastic lion. this tournament. They've been fantastic this tournament. And obviously, Hakeem Ziyech has been amazing since returning into the Moroccan fold at the international level. No disrespect mm-hmm. to Portugal. I think Portugal's still going to bring in a fight. Obviously, it's Ronaldo's last tournament. They have all this young talent. But give me a 2-1 Moroccan win. I think people are doubting this team, especially because they don't have the name talent. The people are too mm-hmm. tunnel-visioned in seeing Messi versus Ronaldo in a final. I don't even think Portugal makes the semis. I've been sleeping on them this whole tournament. Yeah. I'll gladly eat my humble pie if they end up making it to the final. I'll gladly do it because they are a fun team to watch when Fernando Santos isn't playing the worst brand of football I've ever seen in my life. So I think Portugal's going to throw up a stinker. I think Morocco's going to take advantage. They're the one team in this tournament that I feel has brought it to every opponent that they've faced, and they have performed to the best capability throughout the tournament, I think. And I think we'll keep seeing that. They're going on to the semis. 2-1 Moroccan win. Expect a goal from Hakim Ziyech. Julian, you might be the most motivating person I've ever had to have a conversation <laughs> with. <laughs> so I'm going into battle with you, no matter what we're fighting for. <laughs> um, yeah, you make a lot of good points. Morocco has brought it to every team that they've been playing. The only issue, and i got to play devil's advocate here, the only issue that I'm seeing is up top. El Nezri. I mean, he was pretty good last season. He won a, he won a player of the month in the Liga la, uh, last uh, last season, and he's been decent for Sevilla. However, I'm not seeing that goal scoring threat. They they have been phenomenal in the midfield. Amrabat had an in, like incredible performance. The wing backs covered. The defense putting in work. The goalkeeping department fantastic. The problem I think is going forward. Yeah, we saw Buffel pull on the tricks yesterday. Sent Lorente back to the shops. Um, and, and, and ZH has been, has been, and like, honestly, then their passing play has been the thing that has surprised me the most. We've seen a lot of teams that have been ranked with the same, in the same category as, as Morocco, no huge names, right? Not, not anyone that is like the likes of Ronaldo or, or Bernardo Silva or, or Ruben Diaz, but these guys, the way that they're playing is it's like the chemistry. You can see that they're gelling together. And that is what surprised me. Their passing is incredible, but their final finishing, their final finishing capabilities I, I've, I've not been convinced, especially in that last game um, against Spain. But let's just talk about Portugal for a second, because we're forgetting that I think, well, I'm not forgetting, but we haven't really highlighted that they have the depth. They're not even starting players like Rafael Liao and Cristiano Ronaldo in that last game, right? Maybe they knew something about the Switzerland team that that maybe we didn't before, but they they have proved that they have guys like Gonzalo Ramos, who not that many people may have known about, before this game, scoring a hat-trick in the World Cup. That is a phenomenal feat, especially in the knockout rounds against a team like Switzerland. We're not talking about, you know, a team that should have not even qualified for this tournament. We're talking about a team that has proven European starters, right? But Portugal, let's just kick it off. Do we think CR7 is going to start? Who wants to bring? Who wants to answer this question first? Maurizio, go ahead. Honestly... If scoring a hat-trick in a knockout round of a World Cup doesn't guarantee you a starting spot for the next game, I really don't know what will. He also got an assist, too. Um, mm. I Listen, I have nothing against Ronaldo. I, lo- I absolutely think he's one of the greatest to ever play. Um, but take Ronaldo out of that team, and you saw, and also Cancelo, which I'll get on in a little bit. Right, uh, he got uh, dropped. Um uh, take a couple of those pieces out and change up the team a little bit, and they look completely different. 
you know, mm-hmm. and they absolutely put Switzerland to the sword. Uh, real clinical finishing from Ramos. That first goal, that angle that he squeezed that yeah. in, is like Ridiculous. that's a strike. That's a striker's finish. That's a clinical finish. Right. You know, like you can't really teach that. You you got to be born with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Portugal really does have a stacked squad. Uh, Uau Felix has been sublime, showing that he's a great player and that Simeone is a terrorist and should be arrested for war crimes because he's ruining his career. Uh, if you put you off quick sidebar, if you put you off Felix in for, in that Firmino role at Liverpool, he would be without a doubt one of the best players in the Premier League. That's just <laughs> yeah. a fact. That's just a fact. He's he's been um, turning it up. He's been turning it up. That's uh, about a doubt. Bruno Fernandez has been playing good. I'm a I'm the first one in line in the Bruno Fernandez hate convention, but you can't even deny he's been playing uh, real solid for Portugal uh, this <laughs> tournament. It's a hate convention. Uh, <laughs> And another person that another uh, hate convention you'll find me at first in line is the Joao Cancelo hate convention. Mm. He is without a doubt the most overrated fullback on planet Earth. He's been, he's been. because he will have defensive performances way worse than Trent would put out. But he doesn't get no 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 notice to it because why? Because he plays for Man City. And he has players like Holland who can just tap the ball in the net and dig his ass out of trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use one of my uh, – you can yellow card me if I want. He's a fucking fraud. I'm sorry. Uh, Cancelo is a horrible defender. Look at that Ghana game. Both the goals that mm-hmm. Ghana scored were directly through Cancelo. He's an absolute fraud of a defender. He might as well – he's a field he's a field right winger, if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah, at Juve, he's yeah. He's a field winger, and at uh, Valencia as well. He's a field winger mm-hmm. that got dropped to right back, couldn't even play right back, so they made him play left back. What is that? I'm sorry, but no. Uh, that's a, there's not, not many weaknesses in this Portugal team. Uh, uh-huh. Their defense is real solid when they put Delo in instead of Cancelo. Right. Delo's looked really good this tournament, and he's looked good in the past. Delo's a solid <laughs> right back in general, way more rounded out than Cancelo. Cancelo gets a nod because he can do a Suvela pass to Holland's head against Bournemouth. Okay, I'm real proud of you. Do something when it matters. Um, other than that, Portugal, like I said, really, really strong team. Pepe, even Pepe joined in on the slaughter. Yeah. Matched in a goal, 39 years young. Still proving Incredible. That, you know, old players have a spot, have a place in 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 international football, no doubt, especially in tournaments. That kind mm-hmm. of experience is you can't even put a value on it. Yeah. And oh, yeah. the thing with uh, dropping Ronaldo, it's a big talking point. But I mean, you could still come off off the bench and provide a, a and provide willing his attitude lets him and his ego lets him. Yeah. You know. It was, yeah, it was it was it was reported today that uh, he ended up he wasn't training with the rest of the squad he was training with the starters instead so I don't know if he's trying to push himself know, I mean, to get into that starting role could we see a Ronaldo on the wing if they want to keep Gonzalo Ramos up front I don't know I, I feel like he might I, not I be at that like age he, anymore he's definitely pat he's definitely lost that uh, cutting edge of like uh, to be on the wing like he definitely is a a, a striker but I feel like for Ronaldo to stay in this game because people are asking questions about his form and if he still has it or what's not. He just has to adapt his game and change his play style. I feel like he just, his ego is too high for him to do that. Because look at uh, Lionel Messi. I mean, he still still plays on the wing, but you see him drop more midfield. He almost operates as a 10. 
Like he's changed his game from being a, almost an out and out center forward to a winger to a, like, he's changed his game. That's how he stays dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. whereas Ronaldo it seems hesitant to change his game. But yeah. when you look at it, I mean, he's got, he's still, he, he's old, but he still has, he's what, six, two. He's still got a good frame, real strong. Yeah. He's, he's still his football IQ is insane. He's got a absolute crazy shot on him. Like he, he can, uh, even play like a, a holding uh, striker role, you know, but like, right. That, all, that's something all... that he probably won't want to do because, you know, that's not his play, I guess. But in order to stay relevant, I guess, and especially nowadays, you have to change your game, your, your play style to what's going on around you. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to adapt. And we've seen that with players like Messi where, you know, you can't be forcing yourself into these positions. You can't be making a public mockery, right? It's it's going to affect the players around you. It's going to affect how people see you, of course. Um, but yeah, and and to, and to be honest, the Portuguese depth in this team is just ridiculous, especially in their attack. I didn't even mention Leao. I didn't even get to mention Leao. Leao like, scoring. The attacking team is disgusting. Yeah, being a revelation for AC Milan last season. And then that goal he scored when he came on, just world, like, He's smiling Stop, when he's Sommer scoring. Didn't, Sommer didn't even move. It's it's insane, and especially when goalkeepers in the world didn't yeah. even attempt to save that because and, it was and, impossible. I'm I'm kind of worried for for Byron because whatever happened to Sommer, he's going to let his anger out, and I think we're done for when we play him next. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Vince, save game incoming. Yeah, yeah, help us all, um, Vincent. What what do you think about this? I mean, Ronaldo. Is he is he able to adapt? Do you think that they will put him on the bench, and do you think he will understand that maybe that is the role that he's got to play in this squad? I mean, I guess he he has no choice really. I feel like um, his play style just doesn't really fit the sport at the moment. He can't be starting for this team, I don't think so. Because I mean, we're seeing it more now, but like football is really like a young man's sport, and more so in attack because everyone can run in attack. Mm-hmm. So. With Cristiano, I mean, if he can adapt himself and, like, keep his attitude good, like, he's such a good player. But if he can, like, come off the bench, he could be that guy. Like, if Portugal's ever in a tight game, you know, Mm -hmm. they need a set-piece goal, he could be that guy. Of course, yeah. Like, that's what I think on the thing, but... Are are there any players that have stood out out to you in this Portuguese side? That that you think um, will will be crucial to taking down Morocco? Uh, I think the best player for Portugal has been Bruno Fernandes, but my um I personally love Rafael Leao. I think he should be starting, but uh, yeah. I don't really see where in this squad he could be starting because yeah. I mean, if you run up like Gonzalo Ramos and Joao Felix up top, then that those two are just too good. Yeah, uh, Leao is just my god man what a player if you have you have him coming off the bench that is ridiculous it just shows the depth and the I know. incredible talent his i mean but pace his shooting is like ridiculous yeah and they, they've been playing fernandez as like a winger as well and and rotating silva so it's like when you're getting these players who are supposed to be well supposed to be midfielders and they're obviously getting utilized on the wing we've seen silva play wing on man city but now bruno fernandez who has that incredible playmaking ability it's hard to have players like Leao in that squad even though he's coming off the bench and scoring in his last two games like he's just insane and and i totally i totally get what you mean but they also have like some really strong midfielders i mean we're even seeing the likes of william carvalho at his age you know that a lot of people would just write off and being like this is another experienced player but 
with the likes of like Vitinha who are coming on and Otavio who are these quick playmaking players like Portugal look unstoppable and we saw that unfortunately against Switzerland yeah I honestly like Portugal with yesterday's performance I think they might have been the most impressive side in my opinion um they just I thought it would be a really really close game but my god they just completely blew Switzerland out of the water yeah and like I don't know maybe the the question about them is how will Fernando Santos uh, adapt his tactics and like is he going to be willing to play a more attacking style of football because you can already see like these guys have like such a good so many good attackers they could play such a beautiful free-flowing style of football Mm -hmm. but uh, I mean the question remains like how will he break down Morocco's defense because Morocco like just circling back to Morocco what a team they have Mm -hmm. Uh, like like you really can't help but fall in love with this team I just really like them so much you've got guys from like that grew up or or were born outside of Morocco and like France the Netherlands Spain they're all representing their country of heritage like how can you not love that like these guys are just playing out of their minds right now like everyone I mean obviously yeah obviously like the question is like their offense but like if they can really like just hold Portugal down and like yeah. stop halt their uh, attack, it only mm-hmm. takes that one chance for them to really yeah, exactly. like, upset them. So anything can happen. Right. And especially with, with those wing backs of Mazarui and Akimi, we've seen Portugal utilize their wingers in the sense like to cro- like to get crosses in and, and, and that's how a lot of their play is formed, right? So maybe Morocco is that perfect storm that will, you know, hold them down. Vince, what do you think is the score of this game going to be? Like, what, what do you think the outcome is going to happen? So... I think this is going to be a really, really good game. Potentially really tight. I'm going to say 1-1. It goes to penalties. And uh, we're pulling off the upset here. I think Morocco wins it. Hakimi with another Penenka and Waddle. (laughs) I just love that, Ridiculous. I need to see that again. I think Morocco can, like, they can really put together. Hakimi is the best team in the NFL for Dolphins. I just need to make that known. That's just, that's the best. Shout out Jalen Waddle. Akimi knows ball. Brother. Oh my! What a Akimi what a, knows ball. That okay. was so cold, but my God, yeah, I think Morocco can do it, and uh, I'm really rooting for them being the first or the first African side to make it to the semifinals. I just, right. I love that story. Right, right. Okay, so we got Julian with the two-one Morocco win. We got Vince with the one-one Morocco pen win. Maurizio, what are we thinking? Damn, it's, it's honestly like every logical part of me saying Portugal, but like like Vince explained, like how can you just not root for this Morocco team right now? Like those performances, especially that Spain performance really, and that uh, performance from uh, Amrabat really encapsulated what it's about for them. You know, they're willing to do whatever it fucking takes. I used the second one. I'm done. Um, uh, I got a yellow card. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're going to bar that. They're willing to do whatever it takes and they have the quality you know that's the thing too they can be that stubborn physical tough team but then they also have players that have the quality to where they just need one chance to put in that perfect ball or make that good tricky play on the wing to start a counter or whatever you know they have that in them but that slaughtering of switzerland it's just real real tempting to just go ahead with portugal yeah i think i'm going to uh, and I think I'm going to go with Portugal, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do 2-1 Portugal. 
Two on Portugal. On that similar note, I was also thinking that although we're talking all this Moroccan masterclass and defending, and I could easily see them pulling out something unreal and like keeping their story alive, I think Portugal have the depth. I think they, I think, like you said, that Switzerland game, I really thought Switzerland was actually going to maybe pull off an upset, and that just didn't happen. So if, like, like Vince was saying, if Santos can put it, put together a lineup that can counter Morocco and that can hit them early on and stun them. I think Portugal aren't going to take this. I'm going three, no Portugal. I hate, I hate to be that guy, but I feel like they're just, if they're in this form and, and they're coming off of that last game, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. And I think two are going to come in the first half. And I think it's, it's unfortunately going to be poetic. And I think Ronaldo's going to take a, the third to send them into the semis but at the same time, I could see anything happening. It all depends on the lineup. It all depends on the tactics. Morocco have been incredible. We'll see what happens. Julian, do you want to end this uh, match off? I just want to say, Pat, you're not completely unfounded on your take because it's true. Portugal, they looked fantastic. And for, I believe, 90 plus percent of teams, if you're beating a team 6-1 the next week, you're going to be completely in form. But as I said, it might for me, it's not even so much how good this Morocco team is. Is just that this Portugal side, very inconsistent. I mean, they won two games in very dominant fashion in the group and then completely fell apart against South Korea in their final group game. Mm-hmm. So the point that I'm making is more so with most teams, if I saw a team slap up 6-1, easy. Yeah. But Portugal has been so inconsistent, not only in this tournament, but historically, I got to say, I would not be surprised to see a Portugal win. Mm-hmm. But... I just, I just gotta give the hot take. You know, I, I no, just no. have to. It's totally fair, and 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 uh, there's stuff that can back it up. Of course, it's not like it's that's the, coming out of nowhere. These are these are two sides no, that not, have got here, it's, right? It's not, it's not like me when I was talking in the group stages and I was, I, I, <laughs> I predicted uh, Japan and South Korea to go through, <laughs> and my reasoning in the article was just, oh no, I just, I think it feels the vibe, and that's it. Like <laughs> that was my reason. I had no logical reason apart from that. Yeah. I yeah. was like, vibes. For our listeners, if you do want to read our articles, everyone in this uh, in this pod right now has articles out on the uh, World Cup. So check it out. Quick plug. But let's just move on to the final game. And this one is going to be probably the most talked about game. And I feel like it's poetic that it's the last one. Best for last. England versus France. We're talking about two teams that have been pretty convincing up until this point. I kind of hate France. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> they, they knocked that hole in that last game, so it's not exactly, I'm not exactly on good terms. However, I do admire a lot of these French players. But this English side, we have we seen a midfield like this since the likes of Gerard, Lampard, and Scholes? We're, like, and, and, and I'm going to come out and say this. I think that on paper, this England midfield is better than France with the players that are that they have to their, to their uh, disposal. Tituameni and Rabio holding it down. Let's just crack this open, Julian. What do we think? You know, any you direction. Think that, you'd think I'm the one coming in, but nah. This has been a pod where I've already gone in. Mao's gone in. Vince is his debut. Vince is the largest French fan I've ever met, apart <laughs> from Frenchy Le French in my life. So before I say anything, before Mao says anything, Vince. Go in there, bud. It's your debut. Let's see Let's what you got. I mean, I have to, you know, right? Like France, my God, nobody gets me more excited. Than... Okay, I'm not going to go there, but 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, France, my God, what a team they are. I think um, this is going to be such a good matchup. I don't even know what to say, you know, like we got Mbappe going up against Kyle Walker and then, I mean, Dembele up against Luke Shaw. We, who knows what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. And then you got Harry Maguire, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just going to say it, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, you You're know, probably- I think this... Should we go? Talk this midfield, man. The midfield of England, it, it really scares me. Honestly, I think, uh, what I mean, what will Gareth Southgate do? I mean, he ran Jordan Henderson last game, so yeah, we'll, we might see it. I think a, I mean, a developing story at the moment is Declan Rice. I think he, uh, he missed training like recently with an illness, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one space to watch. But, like, if he's starting with Bellingham and Henderson, my God, what a midfield that is. Yeah. Going up against, um, you know, France, we got top scorer now, Olivier Giroud, the mm-hmm. best. And then, uh, it of course, and then, like, Kylian Mbappe. I, this guy's on a mission, man. He's just, my yeah. God. He was, like, a ghost for the Poland game. Then he just shows up and bags two beautiful goals. No, right. sorry, Pat. No, it's all good. <laughs> sorry, it's all good. Uh, I have to mention that again. But uh, uh, my God, what a game that, or what a player he is. Um, him and and Dembele, they have been ridiculous on the wings for France, and yeah. and even Griezmann. You know, Griezmann traditionally playing in like a ten role for France, but this guy's now playing like a free midfield type of role. He's been mm-hmm. he's been like dropping back getting interceptions tackles and then just like progressing the play the the first Mbappe goal was actually made from Griezmann's pass in his own right straight up to Giroud beautiful touch my god and then um I mean for France like the the questions were like how would they deal with all these injuries right like you're Mm -hmm. you lost Benzema you lost Nkunku Conte Pogba whoever like any everyone else but like they have really like shown like their depth. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe not against Tunisia. I mean, that was that was really bad. I'm, but they they rotated <laughs> nine players in that team. Yeah, like so... to be fair to Deschamps, like that that like you can give him that excuse. But like, yeah, they like man, this team is just something else. It just yeah. get me so excited every time I watch them. I just can't can't wait for saturday man yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a thrilling match a lot of people are taking england a lot of people think france is gonna go through on paper it really can go either way mbappe five goals in this tournament top scorer he's will he get to the golden boot i mean at this rate the guy is sprinting literally and metaphorically to that to that trophy he is he's been he's been excellent i honestly think their defense too um, when they play Varane and Upamakano, Upamakano was so impressive in that last match. And Hernandez, after seeing his brother get injured in the first game, has been really pulling those strings at left back as well. But if if we're looking at if we're looking at Griezmann, when we're talking about adaptability with that Ronaldo uh, conversation before, he is one of those players that obviously everyone thinks of him as a striker. When we go back to 2018 and and his his or his early days at, at Atletico, he is that striker, right? But now. Mal, let's say now, <laughs> but now Griezmann is like is like falling into that role. Like I'm seeing him like do tackles right above that defensive line, and I'm like, how is this guy coming back here and doing that? And it was so annoying watching um, him play Poland. But 
that is what these players have to do. They have to adapt. They don't have the likes of Conte or Pogba that that can sit in that midfield. They have Rabio, who has been phenomenal in this French team and for Juve this season. He's been getting a lot of stick, especially in the summer when there was rumors of him going to United. He's been great. Tichuameni, like world-class. Him, I honestly would start him and Conte over Pogba, but that's only because Pogba was injured and 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 he just hasn't had that, that, that form recently. But Tichuameni has been that guy. The issue that I see, though, is that when they when they sub off Tituameni and Rabio and they bring on someone like Fofana, I'm not convinced that the that France have that depth to bring on, you know, those 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 strong holding midfielders, um, which is something that could hurt France. I feel in this in this England game, I feel like just the amount of depth that England have in their midfield is is going to be quite a battle to see how that's going to go. I expect a ton of wing play from France. I expect Giroud to be sitting in that box and expecting like balls coming in. Um, Stones and Maguire, they've been good. They've been solid. I mean, we know how good they are. However, this France attack is different. Seeing Dembele on the ball, I mean... He's had a lot of scrutiny recently, obviously, um, with injuries and everything. But he had you got you got to give credit to where it's due. Dembele has been really good. Giroud, underrated striker, now now uh, surpassing uh, Thierry Henry. I don't even know what to say about this team. It, it can go in any direction. But then when we talk about England, we got an attack of Rashford, right? He's now obviously like all of a sudden got into really good form. Saka has been good. Grealish has been. Madison, you know, hasn't had a <laughs> Madison hasn't had his has, hasn't had a concrete chance, and and it got Foden and Mount as well. There's so many ways that you can align this England team. It all depends on what Southgate wants to do. We know that Southgate loves to have a little bit of bias. He loves to bring in players um, that he you know feels more comfortable with versus them being on form. So, what do we think is going to come out of this England side, Julian or Mal? I think personally. This game is going to be, without a doubt, the best game to watch, if we're being honest. Mm. But that, like, that England, the, 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 the Southgate bias is well and true. But when you, when you see the history that they have in tournaments, I mean, what they went to the finals of the Euros, they went to the semis of the World Cup, the last World Cup. Like, so you can say everything you want about Southgate, but, I mean, he gets it going in these tournaments. And especially now, I feel like you mentioned it earlier with, with the midfield saying that it could compare with the Gerard, Lampard, and Skulls, and that's, that was England's golden generation, right? England's golden generation did not do anything internationally because mm-hmm. they could not get over uh, Premier League rivalries, whatever rivalries, whatever biases they had. They couldn't put that away, unify together, and go play the damn World Cup as a team. This England team is the most team I've seen yeah. in England in a long time. And then when you have so many young players that bring that driving force, that attacking prowess, it's just really, really, really exciting to watch. Uh, you have that midfield is super complete. You have Mount, who does the dirty work. Um, Bellingham, who is without a doubt yeah, becoming my favorite player to watch right now. I mean, he is – he was born to play midfield and born to wear number eight at Liverpool. I was waiting for that. Um, Foden, you already, we don't have to d- discuss Foden. I mean, I don't even, how old is Phil Foden? How many Premier League does he have at his age? He's proven four Premier Leagues four. already. Yeah. 
like you can't discredit you can't discredit that. I mean, he's absolutely electric. Bukayo yeah. Saka, I wish me here was still here for me to, for me here to hear me. Had some internet problems. Um, yeah, I want to just say Saka is unbelievable as well. Harry Kane, he hasn't really been uh, firing as I thought he would have. I mean, I had, I'm pretty sure I picked him to be the top scorer of this tournament, you know. But um, he could still provide that finish, that quality. He brings mm-hmm. a lot of hold-up play, a lot of great passes. Um, and if Rice is out for this game, Henderson did great. Um, yeah. He a goal in his last game, and he brings um, – a lot of uh, leadership qualities that, which is real, real important in the tournament. You know, if someone's not dropping back or not picking someone up, he's going to scream at them to pick that up. He's going to tell them what to do. That's real, real important. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vincent uh, picked on Maguire earlier. No one loves to pick on Maguire more than me, but he does turn it up in the international tournaments and he is a threat on the corner. No matter as much, <laughs> as, as much as you can say about his, you know, if if you get Mbappe and and, and Maguire one on one, there's only one there's only one outcome. Mm-hmm. But but Maguire does provide a sense of like when he wants to be, he can be a rock. Mm-hmm. And he's real deadly on the set piece. Pickford is real reliable for England as well. Yeah. It's it's definitely a very even matchup, no no without a doubt, because France are coming in firing on all cylinders. Mbappe looking like Mbappe. Uh, Giroud, absolute. You you can't put enough praise on Olivier Giroud mm-hmm. for the play, for what he brings. I mean, I remember in the 2018 World Cup how much stick he got for not even scoring a goal. He was crucial to that team, right. how they functioned, how they operated. And Mbappe wouldn't be able to be running up so freely if he didn't have someone holding up defenders, shifting up the play, giving him the balls. You know, pause. Um, it's 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 real tricky. It is real tricky. Um, I am gonna put England through though for me. I think you England's think England. What do you What I'm do you gonna, think the score is gonna be? Extra time penalties as well. I'm gonna do two two. England taking on penalties, which is a little bit surprising, but I think they have it in them. This is wow. a real, real. This is a real, real team. Yeah. And I definitely think um, Rashford's gonna come off the bench and score a goal because he's been on, on fire. Yeah, and, I mean, a lot of these United players, just in the whole World Cup in general, have been playing exactly. really good, um, which is not I surprising. Think, They're all individually classed, but as a team, it's a lot of stuff going be on. Great game. I also wanted to, before I hand it over, I just wanted to say that I can't, the only one thing I can pick out on this France team, at least from my viewing, is Varane has not really been at his best, mm. and... I would definitely drop Varane for Konate again. Liverpool bias, but Konate that's that Tunisia game they lost, but that wasn't up to Konate. Konate did literally everything he could mm-hmm. to keep France in that game defensively wise. He is an excellent player. I fully think he should start ahead of Varane, but then again, that's just my opinion. Other right. than that, France's team is just absolutely amazing. It's 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 hard to look at either of these teams just based on their talent and and pick one to go through. Obviously, there's there's different ways you can exploit each team. England look just great all over the pitch. I would I would even say that like 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 you said, like their defense has been reliable, and that's mm-hmm. that's all that's all that you need. Like obviously, if you see this, some of these other teams, but not only do they have a reliable defense, midfield masterclass, and their attack has been electric. However, France have that same well, yeah. In, in in other aspects, a lot of the same or better uh, players in specific positions, right? 
Um, so we'll see. I don't know if Luke Shaw will will be able to like handle Dembele. It's not gonna be the first time because they're gonna be playing against each other in the Europa League soon. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but but there's yeah, it's it's gonna be it's definitely looking like the most exciting game. It's de- like it's gonna be the most challenging, most competitive. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. Julian, do you have any thoughts? You've been quiet about this pretty important game here. Man, if I could pick both of these teams to lose, I would. (laughs) First and foremost, I've mentioned it before. First and foremost, not only am I a football analyst, I am a hater. I like seeing the craziest outcomes. First and foremost, that's why I always am the upset guy or whatever the hell. But if I'm going to keep it honest with you, this is a very interesting match. You know, France have a fantastic midfield, and that's what the main people were focusing on coming in. But you see Pogba's injury, you see Conte's injury. They've had so many players come out, and yet you're seeing Chouameni be able to step up. You're seeing Griezmann step back, play a creative midfield role, playing it, pulling the strings. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Marcus Turam. He's been pretty solid as well in this tournament. Very solid player throughout. Defensively, Upamecano, very good. Teo Hernandez, when he came on for his brother Lucas, he's been lights out this tournament as well. They have a fantastic and they have a fantastic team. I I just remember the one guy I want to shout out, and it's the guy that I think everybody here at some point in their lives have definitely talked shit about. It is Rabio. He has looked really good this tournament. All 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 bias, all hatred for him aside or anything, he has looked really good this tournament. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I can say is this France team is amazing. Kylian Mbappe is well on his way to become the greatest World Cup goal scorer ever. He's well on his way for it. 23. However, Ridiculous. Uh, we're all, we're, we look over at the other side. We look at England. I think England might be the most interesting team ever. And the only reason why I say that is because for the first time, I think the English hype is actually founded in something. Is it coming home? Look. All I got to say is this. Us as fans of hating England, we're like, they're overrated. <laughs> they're trash. They're not going to make it that far. Look, you know. Um, it's called soccer. Southgate, South, Southgate plays boring football. Southgate doesn't play engaging. He's still starting Harry Maguire. Rah, rah, rah. You ask an England fan. This is the greatest team that's ever existed. I know that's not even an English accent, but still. They say this is the greatest <laughs> team that's ever lived. You know what I mean? Like, the hype is always so different when it comes to yeah. regular people and then the English media. But if we're looking at it, I think this is the first time in a long, long time that the English media's hype for an England team is actually valid. Not only do they have the talent, it's not the same as their golden generation in terms of pure talent, but they are almost at that level in terms of talent. And as Mauricio mentioned, this is the first time in a while you're looking at England play. People always slam Southgate, but ever since he came in, this team plays like a team. You know, in that 2018 World Cup, their largest issue, talent. In 2020, mm-hmm. their largest issue was luck. It just couldn't get it done on those penalty kicks. But the one thing that you noticed, and you especially saw it after the game when you saw Rashford getting smacked, you saw Sancho getting smacked, you saw Saka getting smacked for missing their penalties in that Euro final. The one thing that you saw, which you would have never seen with their golden generation, is everybody on that goddamn team backed up their homies regardless of club mm-hmm. they backed up exactly and supported the people on their team that's what you need to see for this and for me that's why england might have the upper hand in this match 
their camaraderie looks a lot better than France's. And France is a fantastic team. Don't get me wrong. They've been amazing this tournament. But England, there's something about this team that I just can't quite put my finger on that I think will bring them far. And I came into this tournament, I said England was getting knocked out in the round of 16. But seeing the way they've been composed throughout this tournament, I'm just going to come out here and say it. If if England beat France, it's coming home. If wow. England beat That's France, a fair assumption. it's coming home. That's fair. Because I think France for them, mentally, is their largest struggle. Because you look at 2018, they didn't play any major countries in their run-up to the semis where they ended up losing to Croatia. This time around, they're playing literally the team they would have faced in that World Cup final if they beat Croatia. If they beat this French side, psychologically, there's not much that can stop this England side. So with that being said, as much as it hurts me to predict England winning a football match, <laughs> England is going to win 2-0 against the French side. And I guess I'm going to have to say it here on the pod. As much as I love the Brazil team and they're still my money bet, with England beating France, I think it might be coming home. As unbearable you as they're going here to first, be, folks. as oh, unbearable as they're going to be, <laughs> I think this might be the year. You heard yeah. it here, folks, first. And as the song goes, it's coming home. <laughs> it's coming. God. Wow. Immense predictions. Let's hear them. I can't do predictions because you know it's it's in God's hands uh, now. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be political about it, but you know, I'm just excited for a good game. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Well, let's mm -hmm. see how the defenses stack up against each other. You know, right? The, the, the front. It's gonna be a, team. It's definitely gonna be a heavily defense, like defense-based game. So that's what it's gonna yeah. be about. Whoever can. It's if it is, unless if I'm Saka, I'm staring Varane in the eye, dude. Yo, so straight I'm, just him. I'm just saying, if I'm Vince and my team is in a football quarterfinal, I know damn well if Colombia was in the quarterfinals again, or if Mao's Mexico was in the quarterfinals, I'm gonna give the most unrational prediction and be <laughs> unbearable. Ever. Because those Man. are my boys. I don't exactly. care if we're literally facing the cop, like, you know, the world XI on FIFA, which is <laughs> yeah. every greatest team. <laughs> I don't care if the Colombian national team is playing them. My brain is going to go, we're whooping them 5 0. I do not care. Why? And this is for all the viewers at home. It's the World Cup. If it's your team, you got to rep. Because look, I know Patrick is the most humble down-to-earth guy i know but i know when poland was playing france his rationale <laughs> was like yeah we're probably gonna lose this game or it's gonna be a close one but patrick in his house when it was still nil nil was yelling at that tv like we're winning this four nil Lewandowski with all four unstoppable this team is fantastic no one's ever beating us chesney's literally a wall like am i wrong in shout out chesney that's just how it is. Oh, no. I if thought it was going to be 3-0 three, three by, like, the 30th minute. I was expecting us to, to take it home. <laughs> but like I said, when it comes to football at the international level, if your team is this far in, 
you gotta rep. As much as you do not believe in them winning, you mm-hmm. gotta rep. Mao hates Tata Martino, and yet I know damn well this. Let's not let's not get let's not get to it. Let's not. No, we're not gonna get into it. But I know, like you can hear the last part if you really want to hear how Mao felt about Tata yeah. Martino. But if like regardless. Mao was yelling at that damn Man, team. When that free yeah. kick, when that when that Chavez free kick went in, <laughs> I was I was like, all right, we're, we're gonna fucking win the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's just the best way to end it here before Pat gives his prediction. Right. If it's your team, you gotta rep. <laughs> I gotta stay humble, you know. I just no, gotta stay, stay humble. humble. It's the World Cup. <laughs> no, you want to be the guy who's right. You don't, you don't want to be political. I've seen when France collapse before. Vince, everyone who's political in the World Cup gets arrested for uh, corruption. Keep it a bean. But I will say this. The last time England and France played, we saw an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old Mbappe run laps around England, and they won 3-2 with 10 men. So I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at okay. that. Okay. All right. So Vince is saying 3 France. <laughs> we'll just put that down. Anyway, three, it's, in, it's in God's hands. <laughs> um. If you want to book Julian for TED Talks or motivational speaking, he has his rates. You can contact him personally. Um, however, to, to end this off with my prediction, I think France is going to take it. I feel like we got we to gotta have some sort of uh, pro-France uh, fan in here. Honestly, after seeing them beat Poland in the way that they did, it can happen. I think I think France, I think Mbappe, I think this is his tournament again. And... Obviously, it's it's kind of lame for some people to be like, oh, you don't want to see the champions win two, twice in a row. My money was on France when this tournament started with their injuries. Brazil has come in and obviously knocked my decision a little bit. However, I do think France is going to take this. I'm going 2-1 France. I think Mbappe is going to take... I think Mbappe is taking one, and I think Giroud is going to win the game when England tie it up 1-1, and it gets heated, like and everyone that. thinks it's going into extra time. I think Giroud is going to win it for him. I think it's going to be 2-1. I really don't th- i don't think it's coming home i hate i don't i just i i don't think so i think the likes of portugal and and brazil and france one of them's got to stop them and i think this is the first hurdle that they're going to have to face like julian said so i i'm going to go 2-1 france late winner in the nine in the in the regular 90 minutes and i think that'll be it uh it's it's been an incredible tournament so far this withdrawal is really killing us. I can see that the tempers are flared and the opinions are going all over the place. However, we're not done yet. We got these quarterfinal games in the weekend. You can catch us for a semifinal podcast when these games are finished. And I guess we're just going to add it on that. Is there any final remarks from anyone? Both Julian and Maurizio want to talk. Real quick, uh, Kevin De Bruyne's an absolute fraud. System player, <laughs> definition of. Take him out of Man City, can't do nothing. And then even when he's at Man City, doesn't do nothing in the big games. That Belgian performance and those comments that he made. I know, Julian, you just made a passionate speech about rep. How can you say those things about your team when you're about to play in the World Cup? And then how can you double down and say, oh, I never even really cared about the World Cup? You understand that you are living every single young boy's dream in your country? And then you're going to say that and then talk bad about your team? Disrespect. Absolutely overrated fraud. If I saw him in the street, I'd spit in his face. <laughs> I knew that was well, coming at some point. <laughs> Mal opted to go with more of the hate route towards the end. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to go peace, love, and learning. 
wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day. Hopefully these matches are something <laughs> that you'll be able to sit down and enjoy with your family, with your friends. And hey, for your own sake, hopefully your team that you're repping goes through. You know, maybe my prediction goes along with what you feel. Maybe it doesn't. But regardless, sit down, enjoy football. It's been a controversial tournament for all the things happening off the pitch. So if you're one of those people that are just totally not in the mood for that or anything like that, look, it is what it is. Football is football. Let's treat it how it is. Let's unite some people. Let's have some fun. We have our banter on here, but in the end, sport we all love, sport we all cherish. Let's keep it a bean. Let's keep it a buck. Everyone here loves the sport, and let's unify in everything. It's pretty silly. It's pretty uh, cliche to say all that, but it's true. I just want to end with some positivity here. I love Make it. Sure there's no animosity. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You got to have some, you know, devil's advocate here. We got to have some peace, of course. Thank you guys for joining me on the podcast. Thank you to our incredible panel versus, uh, as always, Vince. Thank you for joining. Hopefully, you'll come back again soon. And uh, I guess that's us at the intermission. You'll check us out next time. Peace. <laughs>